Hello, this is episode 303 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha already. So I'm not sure what title I'm going to give this podcast, and I don't have much notes for it. So it's a real kind of winging it effort. It's kind of a couple of things rolling around in my head. One, to kind of explain why I hate labels, because I've had a lot of conversations recently, and they're the same conversation I keep having on repeat loop. And the other one, interestingly is that Harry Potter shows us everything that's wrong with personality theory. And again, this is a conversation I keep having. And so when I keep having the same conversations, it's usually time to record a podcast on it. The problem with labels is the lack of expectation and the conditioning built into them. So for example, the whole way through school, I was told that I couldn't do things and that they were beyond my ability above my status, there's various language used. And so the best way to get me to do anything is to tell me I can't. So I put myself under huge pressure to achieve everything I did. And when I started university in particular, I was still at the stage of sort of reeling from the trauma of school and all of the negative things that had been said to me about what I was capable of. And so for the first year in university, I hid my dyslexia from the various departments. The exam centre knew because they supplied me with a scribe to help me. But I never actually had a conversation with any of the academic staff about it. And at the end of that year, going into second year, I knew that I couldn't sustain the pressure. And so I went and looked for some help, particularly to help write up my lab manuals, which was taking me about nine hours a week to do. And so I ended up sort of standing in front of people in the physics department with them saying, but you got a first last year, like you you topped your year. And I'm like, yes, that's not the difficulty. The difficulty is how much time I'm putting into it. And so I was given someone to help write up my lab manuals for both physics and chemistry. And I would spend only an hour a week with them. And I sustained a higher grade. I went from getting an average of an A to getting an A plus. And I didn't I, I could I could sustain, you know, the, the workload. And in my final year of college, having been very involved in the students' union, having given a lot of talks to the academic staff, having helped to set up an assistive technology center in the library to help people with all sorts of disabilities, not just literacy ones, visual and hearing impairments as well, to help to give everybody the kind of independence that they needed to be able to work, the kind of independence I have now in how I have my my life set up. And I remember having this conversation with the Dean of Science who said that I had set an incredibly high bar for what was possible for people with dyslexia in the university because I was the first person with profound dyslexia and I had achieved such high grades and I had put so much effort in, it was expected that everybody coming after me would be able to achieve the same and not everybody was able to. So it was one of those, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I repeatedly have the same conversations with parents. I have them list out a list of labels to me all they've been told that is impossible for their child. Lots of weird assumptions are made. Like, 
One of the phrases that comes up over and over is, oh, they have dyspraxia, and I've been told this makes them immature. And again, it's our perception of what maturity is. It's our perception around emotional intelligence and sensitivity that mature teenagers don't exhibit sensitivity, basically. At one stage, it was suggested that I should go to a special school in my junior school years to help with my literacy. And my parents turned away from that idea, which I'm really glad about. Because again, every conversation I have with people is, oh, well, he never quite got over being sent to that school because, you know, it was the slow school. And though he did really well there, when he came back, he could never really get over the fact he'd been sent to the slow school. So there's always a but. So these are many of the judgments and they're the, the expectations or the lack of expectations. And the fact that quite bluntly, a lot of people working in this sector don't really understand how your brain works don't understand how you're processing, make huge conjectures as to what's possible for you, throw out a lot of judgments about who you are and whether you're mature, what you can or can't do. Basically, we spend a lot of time focusing on what's wrong with you, not how you think, not how you can work, not how you can cope, not how you can be successful, and then if you are successful, you feel like you set an unattainable benchmark for other people. And your parents never quite get over all of the aspects that they've been told. And one part of this that I, that I wrote in, one of the first books I wrote, was that my parents never believed what was written in the reports. The report was a means to an end for the school in order for me to get additional support. It was nothing more or less. And they actually told the person writing the report that it wasn't their place to make some of the assumptions that they were making, that they weren't required in the report and to take them out. So it never went to the school what I could or couldn't do. Their extrapolation of what was possible for me. Well, most importantly, they didn't believe it and they didn't expect me to believe it either. But unfortunately, when I talk to parents, they believe everything that they're told. They give their power away to these people and they never quite regain it. And so when I look, went looking for a way to explain difference to people, I hit on personality theory. And when I started doing this about 10 years ago and explaining this to people, a lot of the material that was online, if you search certain personality types, was reasonably accurate. But increasingly, like for instance, Harry Potter is a great example. And one of the reasons that Harry Potter is so successful is because it contains all of the personalities. And there is quite a lot of biases in there. And one of the other reasons that I really like it is that it contains, it's a one fictional work with quite a number of INFJ characters and at different stages of their lives. But increasingly, if I go online and search for different Marsh Briggs types within Harry Potter, I will agree less and less with what's presented. If I search for a list of famous people, I will sort of go, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And I will wade through all of the articles. And so now, when I'm speaking to students, I'm kind of like, you don't have to try to fit yourself into this any more than you have to fit into anything else. And not everything online is correct. And you may not resonate with all of the parts, or you may not resonate with all the people who are suggested. 
And there is an aspect that the majority of the Myers-Briggs type personality that's presented online is not actually Myers-Briggs work. It's Kiersey's work from the 1960s, which was a lot more linear. Like, for instance, it suggests with my personality that I can be a counsellor. Yes, there's a counselling aspect to what I do, but that's pretty limited. You've gone from somebody who creates new social solutions for humanity to a counsellor. So Kiersey's view was very limited, and it was a view to be taken up and to be used by employers to get the maximum out of employees. It wasn't for their benefit or their growth. And one of the reasons I like Myers-Briggs is because it was developed after the Second World War. And this is particularly relevant this week. Their idea was that if people understood that they communicated differently, that we would have less wars. So that seemed like a really good premise to start with. But increasingly, I'm telling people that what's online is not accurate. There's a sort of articles that are presented, the sort of lists of people. And particularly with fictional works such as Harry Potter, they haven't got a clue what Myers-Briggs fits for what characters. And so it shows me everything that's wrong and everything. There's just as many assumptions and conditions and expectations starting to fall into how we look at personalities as we do with labels. And so it's become increasingly difficult for me to find accurate articles to share with people. It's amazing how we need to do that as humans, how we need to put in so many conditions and limitations to the way we view ourselves and the way we view others.